Thank you for downloading this man-to-man podcast from Awakened Heart Ministries. Support for this podcast comes from your generous gifts and donations. You can find out more about Dr. Scott Engelman and the Awakened Heart Ministries team on our website at ahm4.life. Behind today's headlines is a chaotic storm in which the serpent of old, Satan, is deceptively working just as he did in the garden. He works through cunning and deception. Now what is he doing? He's working to turn people away from God in his ways. He did that in the garden. He's been doing that ever since throughout human history. And guess what guys? He hasn't stopped doing it today. Welcome to session three, part one of this AHM Connect series, Speaking Into the Chaos. Good morning, guys. Good to have you here this morning. And as you see, today we are in our third uh, session on the um, uh, series, Speaking in the Chaos. Today we're focusing on speaking into the chaos, assaulting gender and sexuality. And um, uh, that, that video uh, comes from a, a um, documentary that uh, Doug Wilson, a uh, great uh, pastor, writer, um, out in Utah, made, and I think it's called um, The Free Speech. I'll, I'll, I'll figure out what it is. If you're interested, it's worth picking up. Um, just, just a lot of good stuff there. But what we see there is it's all about chaos and confusion as a result of this whole uh, thing of gender and sexuality. That's what we're going to talk about today. So I want to begin in Matthew 16, verses 2 and 3. Jesus says this. Um, you know the saying, he's saying this to the Pharisees, red sky at night means fair weather tomorrow. Red sky in the morning means foul weather all day. You know how to interpret the weather signs in the sky but you don't know how to interpret the signs of the times. Now, what's Jesus saying here? Well, in essence, what Jesus is saying is this. To understand Geist, we must learn to recognize and interpret the signs of our times. What he's saying is there's an unseen world going on around us. And if we're not aware of it, if we're not able to read it and see it by the things going on around us and connect the dots to make sense of what's going on, we're going to miss it. And so Jesus says, if we want to understand the spirit of our age, what's going on in the unseen world around us, we must learn to recognize the signs of the times. So what are the signs of the times? Well, maybe today, one of the ways that we can think about that is to consider some recent headlines. For example, and these are just a couple that we could have done this all day. First, the the Sun uh, Times, uh, August 20th, 2018. We're a normal family. The world's first pregnant man says he'd do it again. And Fox News, December 18th, 2019, The ACLU calls for tampons in men's rooms in order to achieve menstrual equality. 
And then the Spectator, July 1st, 2019, some women have penises. If you won't sleep with them, you're transphobic. Now, pregnant man, menstrual equality, women have penises. Guys, either that's crazy talk that we need to dismiss or maybe it's some of the signs of the times that we need to interpret. If there are signs, then the question is, how do we interpret them? Okay? Well, if we take Matthew 16, what Jesus implied in Matthew 16 to the Pharisees, implied was this. The signs of the times are to be interpreted through the lens of God's word. In Matthew 16, Jesus, the Messiah, had come. Jesus was bringing in the kingdom. It was talked about that in the Old Testament. The, the Pharisees were asking for signs, and Jesus says, hey, you can, you can understand the weather, but you can't understand the signs of the times. If you know what's going on with the word of God says in the Old Testament, you know what all that means for what you see going on today. And what I'm saying is, I think we can do the same thing. So here we are today, 2020, and here's the news, the headlines in the news, all the things that are going on with regards to gender and sexuality. And what I'm saying is, if we follow Jesus' advice to understand the signs of the times, of our times, we need to view them through the lens of God's Word. Looking at them through the lens of God's Word will help us understand the spirit of our age, what's going on in the unseen world around us. And what I want to ask is this. Might these signs tell us what the current climate is in regards to the spirit of the age? Might these signs, pregnant man, women with penises, menstrual equality, and on and on it goes. Might they be signs that tell us, as we look through God's Word, that tell us something about what's going on in the unseen world? And really, that's been my thesis for this series. The thesis of the series goes like this. Behind today's headlines is a chaotic storm. We feel it. We saw it in the video clip. In which the serpent of old the ancient serpent, Satan, is deceptively working, just as he did in the garden. He works through cunning and deception. And what is he doing? He's working to turn people away from God in his ways. He did that in the garden. He's been doing that ever since throughout human history. And guess what, guys? He hasn't stopped doing it today. He's still working to turn people away from God in his ways. How is he doing it? Well, in Genesis 3, he did it by assaulting the goodness of God's created order. How man was supposed to relate with God. And he's doing that because to assault the goodness of creation order is to lose human flourishing. Why? Because remember, the goodness of the creation order, God, the first six days, God created and it was good. God created and it was good. It was good. It was good. It was good. And God is putting a rhythm and an order of creation. And he puts man into it and he says, now this is very good for you to flourish. 
And so what Satan does in Genesis 3, and my thesis is what he's doing today, he's assaulting the goodness of the creation order because if you move us out of that goodness, guess what happens? Human beings fail to flourish. And God has made us and put us in a world to flourish. So that's the thesis. And, and really, it all began with a message, Genesis 3, verse 4, in which the serpent says, in essence, this, God and his ways are oppressive, and they must be replaced. God and all his ways are oppressive. God is an oppressor, and his ways are oppressive, and his ways and him as, as an authority, as a power, need to be replaced. And guess what? If you listen carefully, you hear that same echo in what we have come to call in the series so far, contemporary secularism. Now, just to remind you what that is, how we've defined that, it's kind of an umbrella term for what's going on in the world today. It's a framework for doing life, how people are living. It's this kind of a, a, a narrative, a story out of which people are living, a framework for doing life that holds any hope for human flourishing, and I have any hope because it's a very cynical approach, because what they ultimately believe is, ah, eh, there really isn't any hope. But if there is going to be hope for human flourishing, it will require the liberation of minority identity groups, such as what we're seeing today, uh, the, the, the transgender, the, the gay, the lesbian, all of that, feminism, all of that, from all social norms and beliefs that were constructed by dominant identity groups and those, those, those beliefs and norms that were constructed by the dominant groups work to oppress and violate the minority's identity, truth, and power. That's the, my definition of what we're coining contemporary secularism. Now, remember, it was built on the foundation of three things. Secularism, which in essence says God is not necessary for life. He may be there, he may not be there, but no big deal because God doesn't count in our lives. We're, we're here on our own to live on our own for ourselves. And uh, it also has a combination of postmodernism, which in essence says universal truth does not exist. You have to create your own truth. And nobody else can tell you what your truth is and, and what yours isn't. And then critical theory, which is a political theory that says struggle for power is all that there is and all that there ever will be. In fact, I think I said last time, when somebody dies, they, you hear RIP, right? What does that stand for? Rest in peace. According to critical theory, it isn't RIP, rest in peace. It is RIP rest in power, because it's an eternal power struggle that, that everything is in. It never stops. Now, to accomplish this liberation of the minority or the marginalized identity groups, you accomplish it through social justice, uh, which is liberation through revelation, uh, revolution. You take those norms and beliefs that society has always believed, and guess what you do with them? You crush them, you abolish them, you get rid of them. So that's contemporary secularism. And what I'm saying is, is this is an echo 
of what we hear in the Garden of Eden, that God is an oppressor and his ways are oppressive, so they and God must be replaced. And what we said is that what we're seeing today is the new skin on the same old serpent doing the same thing, working to turn people away from God in his ways. A book also, as we're continuing to uh, review here, that I suggested, I think, last time by James Lindsay, Cynical Theories. If you want one book that will help you understand all of this, it, it, it's, a, it's an excellent book. Pick that book up, Cynical Theories. And, and I, it's not really, it's, it's done well. It's not, you know, you don't have to be a philosopher to understand it, although he is a philosopher. Now, last time, if you were here, we were uh, taking this thesis and we were applying it to marriage in the family, and we talked about speaking into the chaos, assaulting marriage in the family. And this idea of speaking into the chaos, by the way, remember, <clears throat> what we saw is that men were made to speak into the chaos. That's what Adam's job was. When the chaos came in Genesis 3, Adam did not speak into the chaos. He was compliant, passive, and silent. And he acted not as a masculine man, but a submasculine man. God has made us to speak into the chaos. That's what it means to be masculine. A masculine man lives out what he was created and designed to do to speak into the chaos. And so what we're saying is that we all have platforms, we all have places to speak into the chaos. Last time we talked about what that looked like uh, in regards to marriage and the family. Now today, as we said, we're going to be uh, focusing on speaking to the chaos, assaulting gender and sexuality. And uh, I wanted to do this, and we're going to do this at 10,000 feet, but 10,000 feet, there is still so much to do, say, that I just didn't want us to assume that we understood things that, that maybe we don't understand. So what we're doing is we're going to put this into two parts. Today will be part one. And then next time, December, will be part two. And so what we're going to do with the fourth session and what we're going to do in December, we're going to um, move uh, over to the first of the year. So that's what we're going to do. But in part one, today um, is uh, the current storm cloud over America. And here we're just going to get an overview of the transgender, uh, or the, what I'm going to call today the gender revol revolution. And then next time in December, we're going to look at, in part two, God's good design for human identity, and then the serpent's cunning assault on human identity and how that's playing in what we see today, and then the masculine choice set before us. Are we going to be silent and passive and compliant or complicit with the chaos, or are we going to be men and speak into the chaos? And if so, what will that look like for you as a man? We all have different platforms and we all have different callings and it's going to look different for all of us. But we all have to understand what it will mean for us to speak into the chaos. Okay? So, let's get started then <clears throat> uh, on this uh, part one and the current storm cloud over America. If you look at it, just again the headlines and all what's going on in our culture today, what you see is that the storm around us is creating confusion and chaos about sexuality and gender. You know, you look at that clip, 
there was just chaos and confusion in the room, right? I mean, that was just obvious. But if you looked into the eyes of the people that were creating the chaos and the confusion, guess what you saw? Chaos and confusion within themselves. And it was all that chaos and confusion within themselves that was creating the chaos and confusion in the environment. And so the storm we see in America today that's over America, that's hovering over us, our current storm cloud is a storm cloud that's creating confusion and chaos regarding human sexuality and gender. For example, there's some cultural observers of American society tell us that we're currently going through a gender revolution. Uh, a few months ago, um, National Geographic had a um, cover story on the gender revolution. Katie Couric did a whole documentary on the gender revolution. Um, Ryan Anderson, who is a political philosopher for the Heritage uh, Institute, has written a book uh, in which he, his whole thesis is, we're currently living in a transgender moment. Um, if you look at what's going on in, the, in politics, um, there's transgender civil rights bills seeking to be passed. And, it's, and they're saying that, that this is the most important civil rights issue of the day, the transgender civil rights issue. In fact, Joe Biden said, this is the most pressing civil rights issue of our day, the transgender uh, issue. Uh, Walt Hare, former LGBT activist, says this, in today's gender revolution, transgender is the ultimate of all genders. You can put it like this. In the LGBTQ movement, T is the most important letter. In fact, T is the most important letter, so much it is the most important that it has begun to cancel out LGB. In fact, remember uh, Martina Navratilova, remember her? Great tennis player. Uh, not only did, was she a, a feminist activist, but she was also a lesbian activist. And, and she was the darling of the movement for years. And then as the T began to grow and the L and G and B began to shrink, and the T began to push uh, you know, tra uh, men who transgender into women getting into sports, and the men, the transgender women that are now in women's sports are winning all the, you know, the titles, she began to speak out about it. And what happened to her? The darling of the moment uh, of, of the movement became what? The enemy of the movement. They eat their own as it continues to press forward. So the question we need to ask ourselves then is this, how did America's chaotic storm grow into a gender revolution? How did that happen? Well, again, just to give you a, an overview of how it happened, how it developed in America, again, it really was all about this sexual revolution, right? It began in the early 60s with the feminist movement which was all about sexual equality. And to, to have sexual equality, we were told that we need to have contraception, free contraception, 
and legal and free abortion. And if we had contraception and we had abortion, then there would be sexual equality. Why? Because men can have sex and walk away with no responsibility, but women can't have sex and walk away. They have kids. And so that's unfair. And so what we have in the early 60s is sex without responsibility. Next, in the 1969, we have a riot at a gay bar in New York, which really began the gay rights movement, which was not about sexual equality, it was about sexual orientation. And here we have the movement towards legalization of homosexuality, gay pride, all the marches and everything, gay marriage, and all of that was uh, about sex without traditional norms. Prior to that, it was not legal to have sex men with men. Traditional norms said sex would only, could only happen with men with a woman. What the gay rights movement challenged was sexual, uh, uh, traditional norms for sex. So that then became part of the, the storm cloud over America. But it didn't stop there. The storm continued. And next, which was blown in, was the LGBTQ movement, which was sexual autonomy. I determine who I am, my gender, my sexuality, all what I'm about. And that really began around 2015 or so. It was growing, but it really took on uh, legs in, in around 2015. And this is when the whole idea of gender identity, public uh, policies regarding bathrooms and, and all of that, remember that. And, and while the feminist movement was sex without responsibility and gay rights movement was sex without traditional norms, the LGBTQ movement was about sex without meaning. Because there is nothing fixed, there's nothing meaningful. You create your own identity, you create your own meaning, but, but it might mean this today and it might mean something different tomorrow. So there's, it's always fluid, it's always changing. And if it's always fluid and it's always changing, it has no meaning. Now I want you to notice something. Notice how I put this on the screen. It's not just linear straight across, it's linear, but what is it doing? It's descending. Why the downward progression? Well, if we take Romans 1, and we take it seriously, and we paraphrase it, Paul, in essence, in Romans 1, says this. When a society <clears throat> turns away from the Creator, it becomes untethered from the goodness of God's fixed creation order, which is necessary for human flourishing. In other words, God has created human beings and creation to have a certain order. And if human beings turn away from that by turning away from God and buying into the lie, the outcome is they're untethered from that good order and the outcome is a downward progression. Now, if we take that and we use that as the lens, which Jesus says, use the Scripture as the lens in which we see the signs of the times going on today, what we can say about the gender revolution is this. The gender revolution is the current chaotic climate in American society. It is a, a part of the downward moral progression associated with turning from God's fixed creation order. It's a downward moral 
progression, guys. And what I, I'll predict today is while the T is important today, it's, it's the focus today, and the next letter is what? Q. And the Q is kind of, it's, it's a darling, but it's not as important. Guess what's going to happen? The T is going to begin to shrink, and the Q is going to get bigger. Because the T still says this. There is a binary to men and women. I'm a man, but I'd become a woman. Or a woman becomes a man. That's binary. What Q says is there's no binary. Everything is fluid. You create your own. The, there, it's, it's gender, it's all on a spectrum. That, I predict, is going to begin to grow, and the T is going to begin to shrink. Just watch. So, with that in mind, the question is this. If the gender revolution is the current cloud in the chaotic storm that's assaulting America, and if Jesus calls us to interpret the signs of the times just as we would forecast the weather, then what do we know about the gender revolution to help us more fully or more accurately interpret them as the signs of the times then so that we can better know the spirit of our age? What's really going on in the unseen world around us? What do we know about it? Well, come back and we will begin to think about this whole idea of what is this transgender uh, revolution. We hope that Scott's message today has encouraged you and helped you to better understand how God intended the power he gave us to be used. Please visit our website, ahm4.life, and click on the Resources tab. There you will see the Man to Man podcast and other resources we have available. At AHM, our mission is to provide hope and direction to men in a confusing world through Jesus Christ. Please continue to keep our ministry in your prayers, and if you'd like to donate to our efforts, visit our website and click on the Giving tab. Man to Man podcasts are provided by Awaken Heart Ministries, located in Troy, Michigan.